failure is the worst. It feels terrible when you've worked so hard for something and you have a setback or your plans turn into a dumpster fire of disaster. But here's the tough part. Failure isn't avoidable. It's going to happen, especially if you've set big goals for yourself. In this episode, I'll share four steps to get your brain out of the spiral of self-doubt, judging yourself and wanting to hide under your bed after you mess up, to having the courage and confidence to take action, bounce back from failure, and keep going towards those goals, even when you feel like a mess. Okay, let's dive in. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and neuroscience nerd, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast the podcast for ambitious overachievers and recovering perfectionists who feel stretched thin and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a recovering perfectionist with big career goals, I know how frustrating it can feel to never have enough time in your day or to endlessly procrastinate because you lack the confidence to take action. I've spent years understanding how our brains work and the mental habits that get in our way. Each week, I'll share actionable strategies and guest interviews to help you get relief from your to-do list, build your confidence, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. I've always been a bit of an overachiever, especially for anything school-related. I did what was expected of me. I studied hard, put 100% into school projects. Most of them, at least. There were definitely classes where I wasn't as strong and lost interest. But the point is, I'm no stranger to working hard. And growing up, like a lot of us, I believed that if I worked hard, I would succeed. And that belief served me well for a long time. Until I had the most embarrassing failure of my life. And had to rethink everything I knew about hard work and who I was as a person. Sounds a bit dramatic, I know. And looking back, I have more perspective. But at the time, it felt like my world was ending. I was sent into a spiral of doubt, feeling like a giant failure, and I wasn't sure I was cut out to be in grad school anymore. Let me explain. I was fortunate that school came pretty easy to me. Not every class. I had to work my butt off to go through some high school biology classes. But I think that actually made me love science even more. But that's a story for another day. I got into university, floundered around for a couple of years, not quite sure what I wanted to do with my life, but still did well in most of my courses. And by the time I decided I wanted to study psychology and neuroscience, I got into grad school, I felt like I was on track. I wasn't the top of my class. I did have to work hard all through grad school, but I always followed what I thought was the right path. I worked hard in my classes. I stayed on track with my dissertation research. I worked in my windowless research lab all summer while my classmates were out having fun and enjoying themselves. I volunteered for extra credit and experiences. I did all the things I was told I should do in order to be successful. At the end of grad school, we have to pass a big exam called a dissertation defense. I told the story of that disaster before on the show where I had to staple my pants together and a million other things seemed to go wrong, but I did end up passing. The other big hurdle before graduation is to apply for what's called a residency. So here I was doing all the right things, working hard, doing what I felt I was supposed to do, 
and it was time to apply for residency programs. And I was feeling pretty confident. I filled out my applications, sent them out, waited for the phone calls to come in saying where I matched, and it didn't come. I didn't get a residency placement the first time I applied, and I was crushed. I was actually the first student ever in the history of my program not to match with a residency. It felt horrible. Yes, there were things that were out of my control and a little bad luck. There were a record number of applicants that year. I found out later that a supervisor I thought I had a good relationship with and asked for a reference letter apparently didn't like me and wrote a less than flattering reference. But all I thought at the time was that I had failed and it was all my fault. My brain was going into that spiral of self-doubt, criticizing and judging myself and feeling horrible. I remember thinking that I not only had failed myself, I'd failed my program, my supervisors, my family, who had all worked so hard to support me. That it meant I wasn't smart enough to be a psychologist, that I'd wasted 10 years in university and was never going to be good enough. Ugh, it was the worst. Then, to rub salt in my wounds, I had a supervisor come to me one day while I was trying not to cry about how my life was imploding. And she looked at me right in the eyes and said, Nicole, I think not matching was the best thing that could have happened to you. Yeah, my jaw dropped to the floor and I'm pretty sure I was blinking back more tears. What the heck? I remember thinking, is this supposed to be some sort of pep talk? Thankfully, she kept pushing me and explained. She asked if I'd ever really failed at anything before. And I thought about it and realized the answer was no. I wasn't the top of my class, but anything I'd worked for, I'd been successful at. I got into university, then grad school, I'd done well in all my classes. And this very insightful supervisor explained to me that it was a bad thing if I really wanted to be successful. Uh, what? Shouldn't I keep succeeding if I want to reach my goals? How is failing helping me? She gave me fantastic advice, and I still remember this conversation over 10 years later. She said, Nicole, you've never really had to bounce back from setbacks, from failure. And that is a skill that will serve you throughout your life. You have to learn to fail and to get back up, to learn how to embrace the suck, all those crappy feelings that are totally normal when you mess up and decide, what do you want to do next? Do you rebound or quit? At the time, I vaguely understood what she was saying. I still felt like a giant loser, but it did help me keep going and force me to take a look at some of the reasons I'd failed with my first application, what I could control and what I couldn't. So I could fix the stuff that was in my control. I did things like got some extra experiences. I got better at advocating for why I'm a great candidate on my application. And I did get a fantastic residency placement the next year that was one of the best years of my life. But I still feel uncomfortable talking about this failed application. It's hard to write about or talk about like this because it brings up all those feelings of failure, of not being good enough. And that sucks. It's no fun failing. It feels pretty junky to work as hard as you can and still not succeed. No one wants to feel that, right? But my supervisor was right. I did learn about myself and was stronger after this experience. Not because I failed. 
but because I got practice bouncing back from failure. And let me tell you, I have failed a lot since then. I now joke that I'm an expert failure, especially since starting my own business. I've had tons of failed ideas, projects that I thought were going to be amazing, but went up in flames or were a total bust. But I do believe the skills I learned all those years ago make it easier for me to bounce back now. Doesn't mean I'm cool with failing. I'm not. It still sucks and it hurts a lot. It still brings out my inner perfectionist and my inner people pleaser who feels like a giant loser. But I'm better at embracing those feelings and getting back on track. I'm going to let you in on a little secret I learned from that supervisor. The goal isn't to avoid failing. That's not possible. Well, I suppose you could avoid failure, but that means never taking any chances. That means never making that call to apply for that promotion you know you would be perfect for. Never saying hi to that person that could change your life. Never going after any of your goals. And I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know that's not the life for you. This is the bold life, not the play it safe and never take risks life, right? Okay. So if the goal isn't to avoid failure because we can't, well, what can we do? We can get comfortable with embracing failure and know how to bounce back quicker rather than getting stuck in a doubt spiral or beating yourself up for being a huge failure. Here is my four-step process to bouncing back from failure. It works for me and it can work for you too. Step number one, let yourself be sad and disappointed. This step is important. Failure sucks. It feels horrible. You're going to doubt yourself, be mad at yourself, question whether you have what it takes. That's totally normal. Sometimes in our current culture, we get the message that we shouldn't feel bad, but that's not true. Those bad emotions are normal and important. We don't want to ignore them or try to push them away. The goal is to let ourselves feel crappy for a bit. Trying to immediately put on a happy face uses a ton of brain resources and energy which actually makes it harder to problem solve and decide what to do next. Embrace the suck. It's okay to feel disappointed or frustrated or angry or however you feel after something you've worked hard for doesn't work out. Step number two. Once you've given yourself time to feel disappointed, we want to get your brain out of the cycle of doubt. It's okay to feel disappointed, but we don't want you to keep beating yourself up for the next year and feeling stuck, right? So for step two, we're going to get your brain to take a more realistic look at the situation because things might not be as bad as you think. Our brains are super good at coming up with all the negatives, the reasons this failure is going to be a disaster. When I didn't match for residency, my brain was quick to come up with all the reasons this was the end of my career. But we often overestimate the bad parts and underestimate the parts that are going well. For example, Yes, it sucked that I didn't match, but I learned after there were some parts that were out of my control and it did give me information on where to focus my energy to try again. For step number two, I want you to pull out a sheet of paper and divide it in half. On one side, let your brain write down all the disaster stories it's telling. Everything that feels awful. I failed. I messed up. My boss is going to be mad at me. I wasted so much time and energy. All those negative. Now, you're going to force your brain to find some balance. On the other side of the page, write down any lessons learned, 
how this could be a good thing, how you can make lemonade out of lemons. You don't need to feel totally happy after this exercise. The goal is to get your brain thinking about something other than the worst case scenarios, because then our thinking shifts from disaster mode to problem solving mode. Step number three, make a plan. Plans help us feel in control, especially after a failure or a setback, because right now your brain does not feel in control. What can you actually do? What's really in your control in this situation? When I didn't match in residency, I couldn't control the outcome, but I could find some new clinical experiences to make my resume stronger. And I could practice my writing and interviewing skills so I was a stronger applicant next time. What can you do? Make a plan. And step number four, take action, even if it's hard. Any action will help your brain build confidence instead of staying stuck in doubt and lacking confidence. Action tells your brain you're building momentum. We build courage and confidence with action. So take a step, any step. Put one step of your plan into action. Not only will this help you make progress, it'll stop your brain from criticizing yourself and feeling like such a mess. This episode is brought to you by my Time Freedom Toolkit. Want to get your to-do list under control and actually get stuff done? Without juggling a million things at once, having no clue where to start, and feeling busy all the time? This toolkit has five video lessons, two daily templates, and one meditation exercise to help you ditch that overwhelming to-do list, stop procrastinating and putting things off until tomorrow, and have the confidence knowing you have the skills and strategies to get stuff done every day. You can learn more at drnicolebyers.com forward slash toolkit. That's drnicolebyers.com forward slash toolkit. Failure happens. If you're a go-getter with big goals in your career, there are going to be setbacks. That's normal. And it's normal to feel bad when things don't work out. The goal is to get your brain focused again after those setbacks. So instead of beating yourself up or holding yourself back, you have confidence to dust yourself off and try again, especially when that feels hard to do. Because that's how we build confidence and resilience. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and this is the Bold Life Podcast. Thank you.